a Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show on RacerX.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,000 podcasts delivered with over 7 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out and donate via Patreon if it suits you. And as always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to the Fly Racing Racer X podcast. This is the Southwick MX Review. Lots to talk about. The wick has come and gone, and uh, a pretty good race, uh, definitely, So, and some weather-affecting things, so we'll talk all about Southwick and what happened and review it, and uh, yeah, we're th- thanks to you guys for listening. Really appreciate it. Flyracing.com, please check them out. Blake Baggett, Weston Pike, Trey Kennard, just some of the guys that wear uh, fly racing out there. The 2018 stuff should be out soon, but for now, the 2017 and a half kinetic mesh, uh, great stuff. Uh, the light hydrogen line as well. Super lightweight, minimalist racewear, and some exciting things coming for 18 and again please if you need some snow stuff or some jet ski stuff or some hard parts flyracing.com has got you handled also too presented by alpine stars yeah we know about the tech eights you know about the tech tens you know a stars that way uh, fantastic boot company, but they've got a whole line of protection products uh, from the ne- BNS Tech Carbon neck brace to the A1 Roost Guard to the uh, Fluid Tech Carbon knee brace. Uh, these guys have take the experience and the expertise they have in boots, and they transfer it over to a line that protects your whole body. Alpine Star Protects. Please check them out, and uh, we thank those guys as well for coming on board. All right, let's talk some Southwick. Of course, I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, the man who has figured out how to spend no money on his house. The Jason Wygant. What's up, Weech? How are you? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Liberated, unchained, unshackled, uncontrollable, unstoppable, irresistible force, immovable object, all right here. This is I your life's no goal. This is your life's goal. Congratulations. You've done it. You sold your house. Yeah. Yep. I sold my house on Friday. I'm not supposed to close in a house until an undisclosed yet time, perhaps next week or even the week after. But don't think I haven't started looking at the calendar. I always take the family out for a little vacation around Washougal because Portland area and the uh, Oregon coast is cool, and my flight is paid for and my hotel is paid for. Mm-hmm. So it's a cheap trip. Uh, I have to spend a week at Little Lynn's, a couple days in uh, Millville, Minnesota. So I've started to do the calculations about how badly do I really need a house over mm-hmm. the next month and a half, and could I potentially give it the Heisman and push the purchase of the new house back far enough to save a good month or two of not just the mortgage. The mortgage isn't really a big deal. A lot of that is principal that you're going to get back in the end, but you will never get that air conditioning electricity bill back, No, especially not in the month of July. No. This weekend, the only air conditioning that was being paid for was at the Hampton Inn in Windsor Locks, Massachusetts covered by the folks at NBC. Zero dollars spent. Yep. It is awesome. Families at the in-laws? 
No rent through there. No bills needed to pay there. No, they're, they're going to have their air conditioning and water turned on anyway, whether we're there or not. So that's free. Yep. It is amazing. I, I don't know if I will ever actually <laughs> do it. I don't know if I'll ever go through with it. The house purchase, honey, just gets keeps getting delayed. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I, I know it's December and Christmas time and... You know, we don't even have a place for a tree, and it's cold out. But uh, we just got to live in this Jeep right now. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly you're it. You're the only buyer that you're the only buyer that's ever sabotaged his own closing. Well, we look, the sale of my house. The sale of my house. One point, I was trying to negotiate with Phil to rent it. So I've already been through the ringer. Uh, we stressed each other out to no end. I mean, can you imagine trying to do a business deal with Phil Nicoletti no. and then being me trying <laughs> to do that business deal? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. Just grinding each other, just absolutely grinding each other to dust, and eventually everybody walks away. Just can't can't figure look, it out, can't get a deal. Look, JT, you, you can appreciate this. You've owned houses and rented things out and have people renting, et cetera, et cetera. I, at one point, offered Phil a 2,700-square-foot, four-bedroom house for $1,300 a month, and he said no. Wow, that's a good deal. <laughs> Just too much. That's a really good deal. Didn't want to do it. It's too much money. And then he suckered J-Bone and said, look, why don't you pay half for the team? So when Cunningham and Pike and Weimer and all these guys need to come into town, they have a place to stay. And J-Bone, I think, was going to agree to it, to cut those that bill in half. Still no. He still wouldn't do it? Wow, that's no. a silly deal for him because that's a great deal for J-Bone because he pays, basically have to cover hotels, so it's going to be a win. Yes. Man, I thought I had after that six. I mean, that's why would he not do that? I don't know. I mean, what's he paying right now? That's my real question. He, well, no, he, he must have a hell of a deal. He does. He has a uh, uh, Stoyan from uh, from uh, 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 what country is, that? is he from? Bulgaria. Bulgaria. That's where I went uh, for that race. Yeah. They they have been paying half a rent on a uh, on a condo, um, and they're not even there for a long time. But that deal's ending soon. So Phil is. <laughs> Is going to have to step into the real world. He just isn't quite sure yet how to do it. But well, while I was negotiating, well, he with just Phil, missed a hell of an opportunity. Phil, I was negotiating with Phil over this, and Phil's long, 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 long. girlfriend <laughs> was there, and I said, "Why don't you two just step up and just make this thing permanent?" And then there's your roommate right there. This would be a great deal for you two. And then Phil got very upset, very mad at me for even insinuating that they should take the next step. Mm-hmm. So that pretty much ended all negotiations. Yeah, we had a good talk. Uh, you put a lot of pressure on him. You put a lot of pressure on him right there, Weege. I don't know if that move was kosher. Look, man, I, JT, I know you maybe had your issues in the same particular subject, but if you're a true person that's out to save money and you realize that an engagement ring can allow you to get very <laughs> cheap rent split in half, yeah, get that ring. That's a good point. Yeah, if you like if you like the rent deal, put a ring on it. <laughs> love means nothing. I I, it's love means nothing. It's the it's the money savings. It's tax yeah, write off. Yeah, the money saving. Um. Yeah, together is cheaper. I I agree with that. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, good job, Weege. It's good to hear. Uh, by the way, also too, that's uh, that voice there is uh, Jason Wygant or Jason Thomas from uh, Fly Racing. So you all figured that out already. Yeah, hell of an intro. Hell of an intro I got there. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, hey, did you <laughs> did you drop the word reflexology, Weege? Yes, literally in the last maybe two minutes of the show. I forgot all about it. <laughs> and then I, during the last commercial break, I came up with oh, yeah. an unbelievable like uppercut knockout. All right. So you're, yeah. you're – um, 
right. That still counts. It's good. Yeah, yeah. final yeah. segment of the uh, yeah. second 250 moto. All right. Uh, so we talked about last week um, having the leopard seal was last week with Marvin. So okay. in honor of that, I, I just I had to do this. And now, riding for Red Bull KTM from France, two-time world champion, the Leopard Seal, Marvin Muscan. That's good. That's so good. I hope you guys like that. That is so good. Yes, I hope you like that. that. I spent some money just to do that intro, which we should never do, by the way. That, that money, I mean, I'm, I will never have be able to use that intro anywhere else, I don't think. Right? Did Marvin hear it? Did you let Marvin hear it? No, no, I didn't, no. I mean, that's so good. Marv probably doesn't know anything about anything. Like, I wouldn't expect him to, you know, I'll, I'll text I it do, to him. I yeah. do feel bad for these poor guys who surely have no clue why these ridiculous terms have to be thrown out. I mean, if like, Chupacabra can make it, why can't the Leopard Seal? That's what I said Absolutely. last week, and all we needed was the voice of God, and now we have it. So I think, I think Todd Drenger might come knocking on your door and say, "Hey, we heard that audio drop. We need it." And I'm one. Let's listen. If, let's listen to it one more time. If you were in Vegas, if you were if you were in Vegas, what odds would you give better to make it as a nickname, the Leopard Seal or El Chupacabra? Yep. I would say Leopard Seal. I would go Leopard Seal yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, yeah. One more time. And now, riding for Red Bull KTM from France, two-time world champion, the Leopard Seal, Marvin Muscan. And then just, and he rides out in fire. It's great. It's fantastic. Uh, is so good. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had to get it done. We talked about it. Let's, let's make that happen. So The Leopard Seal. Okay, next step is back of the pants. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that, right? Yeah, was it Thor? We just got to work with uh, Thor a little bit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we got to work with Thor, no problem. Um, that'd be great. <laughs> okay. um, all right, so Southwick has come and gone. It's it's nice to have. I didn't go last year. This was the uh, infamous back injury that I had. Um, and it really was. It really did. But uh, hey, How important is this, Paul? What? How important is this phone call right now? <laughs> What's up, Phil? Really important, Phil. Beat it. What's up, Phil? Sure. JT, Steve, we're in a serious game of cornhole, and oh, we just haven't kind of had fun. But yes, with his, about talking about the weekend. He just talked about the weekend on day yesterday. Uh, I stopped listening after a serious game of cornhole. Yeah. I don't want to know about you and Weege's uh, weirdo social life. Listen, just hey, you, all you have to do is follow my Instagram and you can see Weege playing Coral. And it's not that impressive, but it's to show how unathletic he is. We're reviewing the race, Phil. Remember these guys at race? Oh, you know? which, what, what topic were we talking about? We just started talking about, about Southwick. Oh, God, you just started? So Weege is going to be. Busy for the next hour? Yep. Oh, my God. All right. Here's so, Weed. Sorry, sorry Phil. Weed. <laughs> uh, he, he tried. He tried to He tried to put the dark cloud over this podcast and he shut it all down. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad somebody talked him out of trying to race Redbud, for God's sakes. He's, he's, he's doing good in recovery. We should have asked him. He, he'll be back. 
in no time. Apparently, well, no, hey, but you remember when he was saying? Testing begins this week. Testing oh boy! Filthy yeah, field. You remember? Comeback when, has begun. Remember when somebody said he was going to try to race Red Bud, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, no, I said he that. Started riding like. Yeah, because he yeah. told me he's like, "Yeah, maybe Red Bud." So. That's ridiculous. Um. All right, let's let's. The leopard seal. <laughs> maybe why don't you just keep hammering the leopard seal uh, on the TV show? Maybe that'll be one way to make it stick. Force it, force it to stick. Yeah. yeah, but there's like a positive negative there because it's it's the he looks really cute, but he could be vicious, and I don't know if he really wants that tag. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He's uh, he has his ways of being vicious. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I, I just, feel like just pull I up next to him. Yeah. Yep. Um. All right, Southwick. So I didn't go last year. Um, it's great to have it back on the calendar, though. Um, I really, really enjoy this race. Don't you agree, Weege? It's great to have it back. Yeah, no doubt about it. This is the way it's supposed to be. This is the way it should be. This is the way it should always be. Um, honestly, for whatever, I mean, people are always going to nitpick whatever. Hey, we had a second motor of MCSN at 12.30 a.m. People think traction should be one way or the other. But if you look at the national calendar right now, these 12 tracks, these are the 12 tracks as God intended. There's nothing missing. Like, it's just the same 12 tracks that everybody always... Everybody wanted Glen Helen to come back, it's back. Everyone wanted Southwick to come back, it's back. Um, yeah, this I, is it. These are the 12 tracks people want. I don't know enough about the other tracks that hold local races. That one uh, in Alabama, no, um, Monster Mountain Monster or Mountain? something looks really good. Um, where they had the intro, they had intro, a bike intro there, Honda did. Um it looks yep, really yep. good, but yeah, when you look at people screaming for tracks, is everyone's set? You're right. Um, I myself would take a couple. I would replace a couple on the circuit, but um, I don't know necessarily where to go better. So who knows? You know? There could be better tracks out there, but as far as like the iconicness, it's got those twelve. Like yeah. these are the twelve. Like I don't know if anyone's like, dude, without Kenworthy's or Broom Tioga, the series has never been the same. But I think you could say that about Southwick and Glen Helen, but they mm-hmm. returned. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, it's good. It's great to have it. It's weed though. It's it's, it's weird weed because Whoa. they Careful. they dropped uh, I don't know six thousand tons of new sand or whatever the number was of new sand into that track and it needed it for sure. However, uh, the riders I spoke to and the riders I heard speak about it, it was like fifty fifty as to whether they noticed or not. You know, so I don't know. Some guys did. Some guys didn't. Yeah, fifty fifty is the exact percentage because. I felt that when the day was over, I had a pretty good handle on it's weirdly hard-packed. It's a hard-packed base. It's got, like, chattery bumps instead of rolling sand bumps. This is set. It's done. It's true. That's the way it is now. And then I asked in the press conference, Amart and Zacco, about that, and they completely disagreed and said, no, it was way sandier than last year. Most of the bumps were rolling bumps, not hard-packed style bumps. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that's the direct contrast to everything I saw and heard. So I don't get it. And Tomac like, went. Race, and Tomac so said, "No." Tomac went, "Ah, nah, it seems about the same to me." So yeah, <laughs> it was all over the map. Um, Langston was adamant that it was uh, catching people off guard because it was not, you know, Southwick always looks sandy, just like Unadilla always looks loamy, but they don't always ride that way. So just when I thought we had nailed it, it's more hard packed than it looks. Yeah. There's Zacco and Amar saying, no, it's really sandy. So I don't even, I don't know how that's possible. 
Right, right, exactly. Uh, I was confused, too, in my post-race stuff talking to guys, so I, I couldn't figure out whether it was more sandy or not. It, it seems like it wasn't. I don't know. Um, yeah. Blake Baggett, JT, bummer. Uh, he's got a thumb injury. They couldn't get it looked at this week. Probably didn't want to get it looked at this week. Um, and it's looking more and more like it's probably like the infamous wrestler's thumb or skier's thumb where you stretch your, your ligament backwards and uh, you eventually probably need surgery to clip the th- ligament and shorten it up a little bit. But, I mean, he, he can ride and everything else. Now, I, healthy thumb or not, I think Tomek was on another level, but um, Baggett, Baggett had to have been frustrated to see both motos, the number three, just motor on by him and drop him. Yes and yes and no. Um, I think going in, he didn't even know how the day was going to go. You know, I talked to I talked to Michael Byrne, who's obviously really close with him at this point in his program, and I talked to Forrest quite a bit, who is uh, his boss and you know one of my lifelong friends. Um, and they were really unsure how the day was going to go. You know, it was uh, it's one of those things where they were just hoping to get some points. They thought he would be able to ride at seventy five or eighty percent. You know, he, the drop-offs, I guess, were really, really hurting him. Um, just the way that the angle of the – the way he had to hold on to the bike for whatever reason was really painful for him. So I think going in, he knew he wasn't going to have anything as far as winning the race. He just – he didn't – you know, that's going to take everything he's got plus some from what we've seen from Eli at Southwick. So I think they left there – that was kind of, you know, other than Eli tossing it away – that was the best case scenario, you know, two, two oh. Marvin made it a little bit easy on him. Uh, the second four fifty moto, you know, he got 44 points out of the day. He left, uh, what 19 points down of Eli with an injury at Eli's best track or one of his best tracks. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it was that big of a loss. I actually thought it was a really positive day for the situation. You know, it's, um, no, but for I, what I he just... was up against. I just talked about like how like your thumbs hurt. It's bugging you and on the sh- on, yeah. on the draw, and you just see like you know these guys are ultra competitive, right? And and the three just I do, see but, you later. Like, but so yeah, I mean you know he, yeah, did, he did I, the best he could. So, but I I think when you have an injury like that, because I've dealt with it, it changes your perspective a little bit to where you're not going to be frustrated because you know you're not you're not dealing with the full deck. You know you're not going to you're basically taking a knife to a gunfight. So if he's a hundred percent. And it's two weeks ago, and yes, he would be super frustrated with Eli came from behind and passed him, and there was nothing he could really do. But when you have an injury and you're just trying to get through the day, it kind of changes your expectations and changes the way you perceive things. So I personally don't think he was that frustrated with it. I think he was like, okay, go. Like, I know I can't beat you today. I'm just going to try to get every point I can. I think he honestly, I think he maximized the day because Eli was, Eli was great, and we all knew that was kind of coming um, so I don't know. I mean, he's the only one that would know that, but I bet he was less frustrated than you would think. Um, one thing about Marv, um, that was, and I wrote about it in my column that's coming out this week. I wrote some of it uh, today. Weege, Marv in the second moto was as out of control trying to hold Tomac back as I think we're going to see Marv. He was nuts. Yeah, Marvin is good at a lot of things, but uh, hanging it out and getting crazy like that is not one of them. I was really impressed because, I mean, honestly, if you look at it, he wasn't going to win the overall because of the way the first moto uh, fell apart for him, literally. You know, the fourth, even if he somehow miraculously held off Tomek, he still wasn't going to win the overall. It's not like every point counts at this juncture either. He's so far back. So the fact that he didn't just sit sail and just say, all right, I'm going to ride this out, you can have it. 
I was really amazed, like, where the motivation was coming from for him to take those level of risks. And those level of risks actually did end up costing him. I mean, that crash was near disaster. It was like the definition of near disaster. Like, he got out of it unhurt. Yeah. But damn it all. I mean, he could have ended up landing on a fence, on bleachers, uh, whatever. I don't know if I've ever seen a rider quite crash like that in that session uh, the way he did, but it's the byproduct of him really letting it hang out. Um, yeah, he was. Maybe, yeah. Did he know that this was a live moto on NBC and for the good of the sport he needed to try to make a race out of it? it I literally can't think of why he tried that hard. I mean, it was awesome to see, and kudos to him, but the overall, the championship, the points, nothing was hanging in the balance, and he rode out of his mind, which is not his specialty. Um, I was really impressed that he decided to go for it like he did. Yeah, yeah I was. He was. he was not scared, so... Unfortunately, it, it bit him with a DNF. So um, bent up bike. I think he, yeah, he looked fine, but the bike was pretty bent up. Um, Anderson didn't race. Hurt his back in a crash on Thursday. Um, kidneys and stuff. He's all really sore. Everything's fine though. But he didn't race. So we we saw a, a Tomac Baggett show out front. Uh, basically both motos and and you're right, JT. Like I don't know if Tomac's going to be better. He's been great this year. Eight moto wins, four overalls. He's on a roll right now. But I don't see him crushing Millville like this. I don't see him crushing Washougal like this. Eh, Maybe Washougal, but you know what I mean? This was a great track for him. Yeah, I mean, you you go back and look, and and Blake won here. He did win here the year he won the title. But when you go in and and you kind of – I think if – you know, I've never been in this situation. Let's just preface this whole conversation with that. But – if it was me, I would look at each weekend and say, okay, this guy's going to be really strong at this track. And you're, you're basically looking for opportunities, right? You know, and there, there are weekends like, man, I've got to, I've got to take advantage because maybe this isn't his best track. Or you go into the weekend and say, Hey, he's going to be great this weekend. I've got to make sure I get at least two, two. If there's an opportunity to beat him or he screws up, I got to, I got to take advantage of that. But if he does what we think he's going to do, I've got to at least be two, two. So, Going into Southwick, we all saw what Eli did last year. Knew he was going to be great, which he was. He delivered. Yeah, he, he was, was he the was best really, guy. Was, I mean, yeah, dude, he was uh, yeah, the, just I mean, eighth, eighth, tenth, or something early on. You know, like just yeah, killed it. Yeah, there's no arguing it. He was the best guy. Period. And and Blake and Marvin and everybody has no choice but to just you just concede that. So uh, I think it was one of those days where you know Eli's he was going to be the best guy and, and he's got the points lead for a reason and we all get it. He's riding incredibly well. Um, but for Blake, if he's trying to salvage a chance at a championship, the, the weekend's coming up, like say a Millville where Eli may be beatable. We don't know. Maybe Eli goes one and one again, but that's, that's the weekend where Blake's got to heal up in these two weeks, find a way to be a hundred percent. And he's got to try to reel some points back in because the next weekend we go to Washougal and we saw what he did to Roxon and the rest of the field at Washougal again. So uh, he's up against some really tough weekends ahead. Unadilla is another one where it's going to be really tough. You know, Eli's just great at that track. Um, so it's, it's, I think it's bleak for, for Baggett, but, you know, at the same time, you've got to try to capitalize at a track like Millville where maybe he is beatable. Weege, uh, Wilson got his first podium with a great ride 6-3. Cooper threw away the podium spot late in the uh, mid-race, let's say second moto, uh, went 3-6, he went down. Dean got the third, but which of the two are going to take more out of this if, say, Cooper, they tied in points, say if Cooper would have got that third, like, which guy benefits more from getting third 
even though, you know, technically Wilson beat him on the tiebreaker. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt that Cooper rode better mm-hmm. the day. Uh, he stalled. I, I talked to Shane Drew in the Yamaha after the race, and he stalled getting in some lappers. And then I rubbed in how, oh, if he had the eight, he would have had an electric start. Wouldn't have been a problem, mm-hmm. which is not what they want to hear right now because <laughs> uh, they really wish they had that bike, but uh, not yet. Um, but I feel like for Wilson, he's been adamant that he's terrible on sand and he dreads south more than any track. So I, I think for Wilson to just get a podium, to get, I mean, he hasn't, I couldn't believe this. When he got himself in the podium position, I asked the TV crew, I'm like, can someone try to figure out when he had his last podium? And they said, believe it or not, it was the last race of the championship season in 2011. I could not believe that. It has been six years since he's been on the podium. Obviously, he won a couple uh, 250 Supercrosses in that time. But for the most part, mm-hmm. in this class, outdoors, against the full field, it's been six years. So um, I know Cooper really rode better and was essentially the third or fourth best rider on the weekend, and he had Dean covered. But to me, it means way more to Dean. And I think even if Wood had gotten a podium, it would probably have been looked at more as a well. That's cool, but Southwick is a little bit of a weird race anyway, so I don't know how much to read into that. For Dean, you'll take it any way you can get it, any track, any time, any place, anywhere. So I do think it meant more to Dean than it would have uh, for Webb if he had gotten it anyway. I think that too, yeah. I think Webb's, uh, Webb's problems with the bike, uh, It's the sand masks a lot of those problems, you know what I mean? And uh, so that's that's good. We saw him um, you know, come through with, with a great ride, and he was – so much better than he's been. But I think JT, as soon as yeah. we kind of go back to a harder base, he's some of the things that he's having issues with, he'll probably continue to have issues with. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it all comes back to week in and week out. These, you know, especially, well, I shouldn't say that because Marv, I think, is going to be back to Marv. So Marv's going to be a podium contender, week, you know, at all these races. Um, but I think these guys are going to have good weekends and bad weekends. You know, the tracks, as much as I hear about every track's the same now and how we need more variance in the tracks, I, I don't really buy into that because, you know, I was having this conversation with uh, a few friends of mine, and, and one, of their conver- one of their big arguing points is that the GPs have much different tracks and we don't. And my answer to that was, well, please tell me how Washougal looks anything like Southwick and how Glen Helen looks anything like Unadilla. And you know what I mean, and on and on. I I don't think that's necessarily the case. So I think we're going to have a chance to see some different results here, based on where guys excel and where they don't. You know, so um, that's good for us. So maybe we'll get some variance here. But if Eli Tomac was on the phone, he would probably say, "Nope, I can ride all of it, and I'm going to win every race." But uh, hopefully, Blake and Eli have some uh, some opportunities here to shake things up. Weege, how are the JGR guys you're playing cornhole with right now? Because Pike broke in the first moto. Barsha ran out of gas last lap. Barsha crashed uh, second moto. Uh, Cunningham put together a decent day. But uh, all in all, a real shitty day for the JGR guys. Ah, uh, you would think. But talking to J-Bone at the airport this morning, no. Because he said, hey, we've had days where we sucked and blew up. At least this time we were doing well before the problems. So there you oh, okay, go. there we go. That's where they're at. At least Barsha and Pike were running top five. Barsha was third at the time that he crashed. They were like 
three to five range mm-hmm. when they ran into bike problems. So that's the level now that the team will take this as a win. At mm-hmm. least we were up front when we didn't finish. Interesting. I like it, though. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yes. You could be in 14th and have a bike right. blow up. But bike was in, like, fourth. So there you go. JT, the people. Well, and oh, Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think, too, also, you know, for their, you know, their priority is going to be pleasing sponsors and and making it worth it, really. That's what it comes down to for these teams and riders is making it the weekend worth it for everybody as far as exposure and all that stuff. So when you look at it, Pike was on TV, Barsha was on TV a lot, you know, even, even though I'm sure, you know, there were some, I'm sure maybe Suzuki wasn't thrilled with how it ended. They still got their products. All the, the involved sponsors got their products on TV a lot. So comparatively to a weekend where maybe Barsha goes nine, nine, I would say that was a better weekend than that. Even though we didn't finish, even though it doesn't look good on paper, they were on TV a lot. So there's something to be said for that. Uh, JT, man, uh, Marty, Marty might be better on a 450 than he's ever been. He got uh, fifth overall. Those people that were chanting like, hey, maybe he should ride a 450. Maybe those people have a point. Maybe those people were right the whole time that Marty's Marty's talent, Marty's smoothness, Marty's uh, uh, style of being uh, easy on the throttle and everything. Maybe. Maybe the people that were talking about that had a point because Marty's been good the last little while here, and fifth overall is no joke. So I'm just saying, maybe those people should get some credit. He's been good. I think you're right. Marty should get some credit here. Um, mm, okay. All right. I, see, I, see how, I see how that goes. <laughs> now, he's been solid. You know, the biggest thing, uh, and I come back to, I don't think that Marty's avoiding the 450 for any other reason than than dollars i mean this comes down to a financial decision and if you i I think if you found a team that was willing to offer him the same amount of money plus a way to match the bonus because you can't discount the bonus the bonuses in 250 are a big reason why these guys stay down for 250 supercross i think i think he would be willing to do it i'm almost positive he would be willing to do it but unfortunately, we know the situation with the 450 class. You had guys like Brayton and Tickle and these guys fighting for basically to ride for free. You know, they were all at the mercy of these teams who were kind of sitting back and saying, hmm, who should I pick? I have all these guys that will ride for basically nothing. And Marty's just going to fall into that same scenario as Brayton and Tickle and Bogle and, you know, insert a bunch of guys in there. So – that's the problem. I don't think it's anything other than, than that. I don't think Marty's intentionally dodging anything. I think he's just trying to make some money. Marty's but, not intentionally dodging anything. Okay. All right. I'll let me write that down. No, why well, I don't think I don't Okay, well I don't think it's I don't think it's some malicious plan like you do. I think it just comes down to a financial decision. Maybe he's just better on a four fifty, everybody, and he can prove himself and get that con- get that contract because ultimately you can make a lot more in four fifties. You can, you so, can, but until someone comes steps up with a 450 contract, I mean that's that's what it really comes down to. All right, well, whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, we've seen that, for like five years now. Like Tickle is a seventh place level rider, seventh place in the premier class, seventh out of everybody is really good. Like you go to any other sport and say that you're the seventh best, and that's really impressive. And Tickle has to fight to try to get a ride every year. So is Marty better than that? Is Marty 
Marty's that level. Marty would be that level, but I would bet you base salary plus winnings. Uh, Tickle's making a lot more than Marty. Not a chance in hell. Why? You're what? out of your no mind. way. Did Marty win a race You're this year? You're out of your mind. Did, of did Marty win mind. a race this year? No, but you're out of your mind, him. Steve. Uh, I know pretty close to what Tickle's making, and I can guarantee you. What do you not. think Marty's making? I, I mean, I'm not going to. I, well, I don't feel that's did, right. Yeah. To start airing my, if you want to have a conversation after, I will share details, but I don't think that's right. To, tickle, tickle. I don't think that's right oh, okay. to air All their right. salaries. Even though you've aired it quite no, a bit I mean, I mean, on the show, but. <laughs> I don't. No, I haven't. Oh, you, you never I say, oh, that, I mean, you, you never said, oh, this rider's in the range of this, and this rider's in the range of that, and you've never said that? Yeah, oh. but I have. I have privileged information because I was in negotiations for certain parts of their contract. That I, that's not, I don't think that's right. I don't think it's fair to say, like, what gear their gear contracts are and stuff like that. Tickle got it. Tickle got it. the numbers, but you know that Marty made more than Tickle is what you're saying. Marty's making more than Brock is, guaranteed. Tickle got a podium this year, right? So that's a third-place bonus from Suzuki. And Tickle probably gets gear money that Marty doesn't get. The lights guys don't have their gear money, right? They just get uh, a base salary from the team. The purse money is five times each weekend. Did Marty win a race, or did he just make a the most? The, the most you can make in per the most tickle made in purse money. Like the most he made, all I guarantee you, he didn't make more than forty or fifty grand in purse money all year. Like that. so, take that out of it. That's like not a huge number. What do you mean uh, uh, per race? No total. 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 Um. Yeah, probably about forty. Yeah, probably somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just saying, Marty's Marty Marty's podium, looking though. great. Marty got right. Marty did Marty get podium? Yeah, he, yeah, he probably did. Um, Marty won heat races, right? That's a lot of money. Tickle looks great. I mean, uh, Marty looks great on a 450. So take that chance, I'm not, Marty. I'm not, I'm not arguing you. Take your chance, I Marty. It, and I, I agree take with your chance, you. Marty. I agree with you. But until but what are you going to take a chance on? You can't just say I'm just going to go for it without a deal. If somebody's got a, an offer for do you, you for do you want to be do you want to be successful in life or do you just want to keep riding the 250 class? Do you, do you have a, a goal in yourself and belief in yourself that maybe you could really make some serious money? Don't you think Justin Brayton, a guy who raced arena cross pro with stock suspension, Justin Brayton really took chances on himself and made something of him? And you're no, trying, you can't. You're no, trying, I don't think you can compare those because you're taking. A really solid 250 deal. All right, whatever. I don't want to argue about it. Okay, I just solidly. Marty doesn't believe in himself. Marty doesn't believe in himself, and I do. Mm. I believe in Marty more than Marty believes in Marty. So that's all. I believed in him the whole time. Okay, and now I'm getting. And now I'm getting right. Hold on. And now I'm right. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. No, this is turning. I don't care. Let's talk about Southway. I'm asking you a hypothetical question. I'm asking you a hypothetical question. If you're Marty, okay, and I won't argue it either way. I'm just asking you a fair question. If you're Marty. And you have an offer for next year, and I'm—I don't know what—I don't know what he's going to be offered, but I'm going to say it's somewhere in the oh, so you 150 to 200 range. So you can release—you can release what, salary info at do, times. Okay. I do not know what Martin Davos makes. I can say that with a clear conscience. I don't know what his contract is. Okay, then we can't discuss this because but, but, I, I don't know. God, would you just let me talk? Am no, I'm moving talk? on. I'm okay. moving on. I believe in Marty right. more than Perfect. Marty believes in Marty. Great, clearly. Great podcast. Fifth overall for Marty. Great job. Seven, four on the day. And actually, his fitness looked good, too, man. He was charging late in the motos. I was looking. Oftentimes, like late in the motos, I'll scroll down 
um, the lap times and look at the last lap time and kind of look at numbers that pop out and who's moving forward and like who's on a roll and, and a couple times. Are we, still talk- are we still talking about Marty? A couple times it was Marty. I'm impressed with him. Okay, sweet. Um, so, Weege, he, he rode well. Good job. I was in the Rockstar truck earlier in the day uh, talking to Anderson, checking his condition, and Marty's in there as well. I don't know why you didn't come by, Steve. I, I, I was talking to Marty, talking to Anderson, conspicuous in their absence. Didn't see you come swing by there. Uh, Porcel was, was not there, so it would have been fine. Um, so Anderson was talking about Tony LaRusso battling him in, like, 2012, uh, and all these Southwick old dudes who still rip and still go fast, and we were trying to figure out LaRusso was probably 40 and battling Anderson for, like, eighth in a moto. And uh, Marty, knowing he was the elephant in the room, yeah. just says, was he as old as me being in the 250 class? So there you go. Uh, Tony might be older, though. <laughs> <laughs> LaRusso well, is older, yeah, but it was yeah. like Marty yeah, yeah. realized you could not talk about an old guy ripping in the 50 class yeah. and not acknowledge his own presence. Yeah. Um, yeah, LaRusso did race not that long ago. You're right. It was, uh, according to Anderson, it was 2012. Whatever it was, I just remember, yeah, yeah. he was up there and oddly on a 250, not a 450. And again, as the Southwick dudes do. Well, except for one who we'll get to later to the dismay of. JT's fantasy team. Yeah, there was LaRusso, like, battling Jason Anderson to try to get in the top ten at, like, 45 years old. Seeley's had a rough run of it lately. So, good job by him. Um, Seeley went 5-5 five, five for sixth overall. That's kind of uh, – that's a, that's, a, that's a definite boning to go 5-5 five, five for sixth overall. But uh, he rode well. Craig didn't get starts that he normally gets. 10-7 for him on the day. Freddie Norn, who I believe is not qualified at Southwick one year, he turned down. He got a good start the first moto, though, right? Didn't Craig get a good start the first moto and went down with that Muscan pileup? Yes. Yeah, he did. In the the fourth yep. turn or whatever, like over the hill type deal. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um. So Freddie Norin didn't qualify at Southwick one year. The last year he raced there, he went eighteen thirty three. He turned down a Disnations invite for Sweden for Lomol. Because he's so terrible at the sand. Like, just, no, don't pick me. I don't want to go. And uh, then he has four laps of practice in the first one. Uh, somehow sets a decent time. Blows his motor up. Goes to borrow a motor from another privateer whose name escapes me. And the privateer is like, well, it's my practice bike. And if you take it out, you can have it. It's got 40 hours on it. Um, and somehow Freddie, with four laps of practice, sucking in the sand, and all of that somehow goes eight ten on the day. Pulls a great start with a 40, 40 hours on the motor in the first moto. So uh, yeah, fast Freddie Norn. Good job. All the odds were stacked against him, but uh, he pulled it out, man. That was great. And uh, second moto, he crashed or got a really bad start. Came from thirty second to uh, to that tenth. So good job, fast Freddie. A very unlikely eighth overall. Yeah, I feel like you have burned a lot of people because you apparently were telling everyone that Freddie's not good in sand, and you burned a lot of fantasy people, a lot of upset people. Out yeah, there. well, I have those facts to back me up, and I asked him, what happened, Freddie? And he said, uh, I don't know. I guess I've gotten better. <laughs> All right, thanks. Thanks, Fred. Yeah, no, I listened to that. Yeah. He said he watched GoPro footage of a lot of guys figuring out what RPM they use and gearing and things like that, and it helped. That was a 
he kind of revealed a little bit in your interview. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I don't know. I guess that works. Uh, it's weird how a world-class rider like Norn would have to listen for RPMs uh, of GoPros, but okay, whatever it was. Nice work. And uh, Henry Miller, JT, 13-9 on the day and moving forward. Good job, Henry Miller. My what? Am I allowed to talk now? Just not Marty, right? Yeah, we're, we're moving on. This is Southwick Review. It's not what Marty okay. Davalos podcast. I think that was an interesting conversation. You shouted me down. That was very mean. Um, but, yeah, Henry Miller's been awesome. He's been uh, – I think he's been proof that the 450 class is much more about ability than it is machinery. Um, I had a bunch of people tweeting me and shouldn't there be rule changes and all that? And no, I don't think there should be rule changes. I, I think the 250 class is fine as far as the, the machine equipment rules. I'm not going to say points or how to move up or anything. I think that's, that's all a mess. But as far as the production rule, I think it's fine. I just think, uh, it's just nature that as you go down on power, technology is going to become more important. That's just part of life. And with the amount of 250 rides out there, it's fine. Like there's plenty of two bit opportunities. Um, but for for Henry Miller, he was a guy that was really struggling. He went to a bike where you know talent's going to be the most important factor and ability and conditioning and all that stuff. And and he's excelling. So um, I know I know what he's going through because I went through the same thing. I could never get a good 125, and I was I had a tough time doing better than like fifth or sixth or seventh in the 125 class. And I I knew I was behind on a bil- on uh, equipment. And I moved up, and sure, I wasn't winning, but I'm doing. I was doing what, similar to what Henry Miller's doing right now, where it really becomes more about you instead of the the bike you're up against. So good for him. Yeah, nice work. He's doing well. So, and and he's from Minnesota, coming up on Millville. Henry Miller podium percentage? No. Percent? Nope. No. Zero. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> um. Good to see. Uh, Josh Grant hurt his knee in the first moto. Cowie guys weren't like, I don't know if you talked to him, Weege, at all, but they, they weren't like, oh, yeah, it's nothing, you know what I mean? Like, they were very cautiously uh, optimistic about it. Like, it didn't seem great, so like, we'll see what happens. Like RV like RV in Seattle in 2012? That There was nothing no. wrong with his knee, we heard, from Seattle. Right. Yeah. Um, Weege, is there a more improved guy than Junkyard Dog Jr.? Right? Like... Really good job. Yeah, he did good in the motos. Yeah. And uh, I had a long talk with some of the Southwick legends at the end of the race. Uh, our buddy Mike Treadwell and uh, Scotty Cotter. Um, briefly, I talked to Treadwell for a while. The, the story I always try to get when we go up to Southwick is, for some strange, incredible reason, NESC, which is their local sanctioning body, has full gates in all classes every weekend at all their local races. And there is nowhere else in the United States that can say that. They're, like, stuck in a time warp when people still bought their bikes and racing at their local tracks and spend money, uh, which the rest of the world desperately needs. Yeah. So I'm always trying to figure out what is the secret. Why does this still happen in New England? Why do people still race, still go to the gate? Treadwell says that at most local races, they have to have double gates. They have to have a back row in the pro class. Which that's insane. You yeah. Areas yeah. and you get eight riders in the pro class. They get sixty. Um, so uh, yeah, Ryan Dowd actually has a regular job. He doesn't get to ride much during the week. And then so this is hilarious. He and John Dowd went out and tested the bike for Ryan. They set up the bike and said, "Okay, this is what we need. We set it up for you." 
um, because that's how little knowledge he has about testing and how little time he has. Hmm. Um, But despite all that, yeah, he was seventh in practice, although it was the B practice, which we know at Southwick is a little weird. But he was good in the motos. He scored points in both, right? Yeah, yeah, both motos, yeah. Yeah, scored points in both motos. Still, even with that, these gnarly old-school Southwick dudes, Treadwell's like, yeah, that was good, but if I ever went 17-15, I would have been disgusted. <laughs> I would have been disgusted with myself. Oh, stop it, Tread. Um, He's like, well, if you're a local fast guy, Southwick National Rule, and you need to be top 10. If you don't get top 10, you're pissed at yourself. <laughs> um, wow. wow. Well, well, I mean, no, he's got well, a point I think back in the day. Treadwell, old, Treadwell is yeah. he has a point. Yeah, I think Treadwell's credentials were – Significantly more, significantly more established than Ryan Dowd. I mean, he's like a second national right. ever, or third national ever. I think it's yeah. apples and oranges a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, what about yeah, the what Turtle about was a legit pro yeah. at every track? Oh, yeah. not just Southwick. Yeah, yeah, correct. But uh, what about Chris Canning on a two fifty two stroke scoring me huge fantasy points? Love me some Chris. Yeah, Chris you, Canning. And, you and everybody else. You and everybody else. Nice job, Chris Canning. What about Mark, Robbie He's a Marshall? Guy. Talk about him a little bit. You want to talk about Robbie Marshall, JP? Anybody? Anybody want to weigh in? Um, I don't because I'm done. I'm done with Robbie Marshall at Southwick. I've, I've uh, tossed in the towel. I uh, didn't take him last year. I uh, got some advice from a close friend. Didn't take him. Then I uh, got some, some more advice from a close friend this weekend. I did take him. And uh, neither of those scenarios have worked out. So I'm just going to pre- pretend that he is uh, not racing moving forward. Your close friend sounds like he led you astray, which really sucks. You need uh, I don't think it was intentional. No, not intentional. There was, there was no intentional leading yeah. of astray, but yes, it, it it worked out poorly two years in a row. You need to stop trusting this close friend. He's clearly clearly a wild card, <laughs> not one to be trusted, probably shady character. Yes, absolutely. Stay away from homeless. him. Yes. Homeless. He's, yeah. um, he is homeless, and he's loud and proud about it. Hey, we... But, uh, yeah, Ross Marshall told me last year, hey, I'm going to there's nothing more I can do than ask point blank. Last year, he's in the same exact spot. He even at the same spot in the pits. Last year, Friday night, 7 p.m., should people put you on, the, on their fantasy team? No. Do not put me on their fantasy team. I'm not ready. I'm not prepared. I'm not in shape. It's going to be terrible. Okay. This year, same spot, same time, 7 p.m. Friday, 365 days to the second later. Once again, should people put you on the fantasy team? Oh, yeah. This year, I'm ready. I'm ready. It's going to be good. Put me on the fantasy team. Yep. And, nope. there, and there we go. Nope. <laughs> nope. Um, hey, we, we, were... gave a whole, we gave him a whole lap on the TV show, yep. First Moto. And I got a text from someone saying, congratulations, that's the slowest lap ever seen on television. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, come on. Stop it. These people. Well, go I don't want to rip on him. It's not really a thing on him. It's just you don't normally show a whole lap of the 25th place dude. Like, that's probably the general 25th place speed, but we don't normally do that. Listen, I got. But only at Southwick would you do that. I got complaints that the director well, f- pulled away from shots you were talking about. You and Langston were off off talking about somebody else. The camera was showing somebody else. Camera was cutting away from great stuff. Yeah. Just saying. Well, okay. Two things. Two things. The Robbie Marshall one. He got the blue flag, and he actually threw up his hands. He was pissed off. He got a blue flag for, and someone passed him. So he went really slow to get out of the way, and the cameras happened to be on him. So he was going much slower yeah. than he wanted to be going at a part of that. Right. 
And then yeah. the second the second thing I was actually complaining as well because in the midst of that web trying to catch COE deal, which I know it wasn't that close, but the cameras jumped back to Tomac, you know, doing nothing, riding to the podium and taking his gloves off while they were still battling. And, and Weed was trying to commentate the battle, and then it jumped back. So I was a little frustrated with that as well. Or what about the passenger crash? Were you a little frustrated at Weed did that too? I wasn't frustrated. I was just trying to help. I was trying to help, you, and I got a little you, you carried away. You lost your mind over the passenger crash. <laughs> what, 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 was, what happened there? Well, I said I, said, I texted Nick. And you guys kept talking about his shoulder. And then I texted Neck again. You guys kept talking about his shoulder. And then I finally said Neck again. And you guys were still talking about his shoulder. So that's kind of how it Did went you have in my head. inside info that it was a neck injury? How, how are you so certain that it was a neck within seconds of the uh, I saw him. I saw him grab his neck. And then I saw the Asterisk Metal or the Alpine Stars medical team looking at his neck. Look, that's that's kind of how I know. Look at Anderson and Baggett. Uh, we got a multi-time national champion there. If he says it, I'm not going to argue. So he said shoulder. So <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. What was the actual, What was the injury a day later? What was the injury? Uh, I've heard a concussion actually. Yeah, he, he definitely like hit his neck on something. Um, no, they. I, yeah. yeah, no, he either he complained of neck pain. They put him on a backboard and they put his. He was pissed a little, not pissed, but he was like, "What are you guys doing?" Because anytime you say the word. I have a neck pain. They they immediately strapped him to a backboard and you know and all this. And he was like, "What?" So I heard that part. Maybe, of it. maybe they just heard me screaming "neck neck" from my condo in Boise, Idaho, okay. all the way from there. Yes, I just looked at my phone and it just kept saying "neck neck neck <laughs> neck." <laughs> I was I was trying to help. It it didn't come off correctly, but I was trying to help. And no, it, yeah, I got a little work worked up because the GL just kept saying "shoulder" over and over. Yeah, you see him all right into right into his shoulder. I was then I started losing my mind. Of all things ever for you to be that adamant about. I didn't I didn't understand. <laughs> so I texted Matt I go, Do you work for Alpine Start? Are you part of the medical group? I actually I actually do work with him, which is the best part. Um Hey hey, we talked a little bit we gotta get to two fifties, but uh, a little bit of a Twitter conversation with Chiz and a few few of our followers about the practice format at Southwick. It's Massively uh, a bias towards the unseated guys uh, for fi- this week in 450 because they went first, normally 250s. And then it's massively unfair for the last practice guys who are unseated privateers just trying to catch a break. And I don't really know how to fix that. Uh, Chisholm suggested three 10 minute practices. Kyle Chisholm, a few other people were complaining about it, but I mean, it is what it is. Uh, how How do you? I don't know. I don't know how, how how you get away from that. I get the complaints, though. But what do you do? I don't know. Yeah, I, I agree I qualifying with you. Races I again. Yeah. Maybe what you do is you make sure the seated practices have the least amount of guys that can be in it. You know what I mean? So that it's fair for all the privateers, let's say. So you know these guys are going to make the motos, the seated guys. They're regulars. They make every moto. And maybe you make them as small as possible, load up the unseated guys so that everyone has the same track. You almost make a judgment call on, like, well, these guys are in anyways. You know what I mean? I don't know. But, yeah, it's something that will be battled with forever at Southwick. But I think as we saw in Supercross, once they started penalizing riders for things, and then three weeks later, a somewhat but similar but not exactly – 
same thing would happen, and it's like, why are the penalty inconsistent? I think once you start making rule change, if you make a rule change for one race, and we do know that the Southwick situation is different from the other rounds, but there is always a dangerous side effect when you start making rule changes. I always feel like if you can't figure out a perfect solution, just say, hey, the rules are the same for everybody every week, consistently, all the time, and it's hard to lose. I I don't know if you can come up with a perfect solution, so sometimes I vote for, I mean, what was the old Duke Finch theory in Supercross? No one will ever get penalized for anything ever, ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. All right, let's get into two fifties. Anything else, JT? Um. No, unless we can circle back to Davos. Nope. I believe in Marty. (laughs) All right. I believe in Marty. I wish he did himself. (laughs) And and all all my criticism has been because I believe in him. I'm not. So Marty. So Marty. I don't think it's the dude that ripped on Marty. Marty's, Marty's the asshole here. <laughs> yeah, oh boy. Marty's not believing in himself. Right, He's actually at right. fault. This is so 2017, like Donald Trump way, of, right? Yeah, we need you. We need that as a sound drop, please. Right, right. I, <laughs> I've actually been there. The whole. Wait a minute. <laughs> all right, um, Marty. How dare Marty say that about him? Right, right. Uh, all right, let's get into the 250 class. But first, listen to this commercial. Uh, we thank uh, Fly Racing and Alpine Star Protects uh, for coming on this pod. And listen to this commercial from Race Tech Motors and and and, uh, and suspension. Now, Pulpomex 17 is the code at Race Tech, as well as Michelin Starcross Five guys. Uh, please check them out the next time you're thinking about tires. And uh, let's go right into 250s from Southwick right after this commercial break. Thanks to Fly Racing and Alpine Star Protects for coming on this podcast. Now here's some commercials from Race Tech and Michelin. Listen, all right? Thanks. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis podcast on RacerX. I want to talk to you a little bit about Race Tech. The folks at Race Tech have been uh, on board with us for a long time. And use the code PULPMX17 when you're checking out to save money. Get your suspension done, please. Come on. Give your bike some love. All right, if, if you're looking to get the most of your bike suspension, get Racetech's proven lineup of suspension components and services done at the headquarters in Corona, California, or at your local Racetech service center. And check out the helpful guides on Racetech.com and pick up a do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Things have been around a long time. Also, too, Racetech doing engines now, valve jobs, porting, honing, decking, and more. Whether you're looking for a rebuild or a high-performance upgrade, Racetech's engine services department experience, staff, and state-of-the-art equipment have you covered. I can vouch for that. I've seen it myself. Give Racetech a call and mention Pulp Mex for a special discount. Please, check them out. Thanks to the guys at Racetech. Randy Richardson from Michelin here, and I'd like to thank the Pulp MX Show listeners for your support and share some information about Michelin motorcycle tires. Michelin offers motorcycle tires for everything from cruisers to sport touring, sport bikes, and adventure touring motorcycles. And as we celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our iconic partnership with Harley-Davidson, you'll find Michelin Scorcher tires on an increasing number of factory-equipped Harley-Davidson motorcycles. New for 2017, Michelin introduces the new benchmark for sport bike tires, the Michelin Power RS, featuring many of Michelin's patented technologies, all of which contribute to the incomparable grip, handling, and flickability of the Michelin Power RS. I just want to hear the motocross stuff. 
Fair enough. Let's focus on the Michelin Starcross 5. Because the Pulp MX show listeners are important to Michelin, we're going to continue to sponsor Steve's janky radio show. That's right. While I'm not like some people who say, I know everything. I do know a few things about motorcycle tires, and I'd like to share some of the key features and benefits of the Michelin Starcross 5 tires with you. And I promise it's not a bunch of corporate blah, blah, blah. The Michelin Starcross 5 tires are specifically designed for use in a broad range of conditions and terrain. They're available in sand, soft, medium, and hard versions, and are offered in 21 size and fitment applications. Yeah, you like that? In addition to the exceptional performance and durability, the redesigned architecture of the Michelin Starcross 5 features a bead profile that makes the tires easier to install. And everyone knows... Easier mounting, always a good feature. If you're riding on Michelin Starcross 5 tires, but you have friends that are still buying other brands, please tell them... No, 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 no. Encourage them to try a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires. And if you haven't tried Michelin Starcross 5 tires yet? You're out of your mind, dude. Visit your local dealer or online retailer to purchase a set of Michelin Starcross 5 tires and install them on your bike. Who knows? They might just help you learn to do a backflip in a day. It worked for the Doom Goon. To learn more, visit MichelinMotorcycle.com and follow us on Instagram at Michelin Motorcycle. And now, riding for Red Bull KTM, from France, two-time world champion, the Leopard Seal, Marvin Muskan. And we're back, Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast. Why can't, can't stop laughing? He just can't stop laughing. <laughs> so good. Uh, why? It's <laughs> great. The uh, Fly Racing Racer X Podcast, Southwick Review, thanks to the uh, Fly Racing folks, and uh, also to Alpine Star Protects as well, all coming on. Uh, if you haven't been on flyracing.com, check them out. It's great. Great stuff. Uh, all right, 250s. Uh, I'm on pro. I have a question. Yeah. I have a question. Go ahead. Can we talk about Davalos since this is the 250 part? Ah, yeah, yeah. We can <laughs> circle back, back around. Um. <laughs> hey, look. Look, this is what I've learned this year. This is what I've learned this year about the 250 class. We now know, I think for certainty, that no regardless of team, if you win a 250 Supercross title, you get a half a million dollar bonus. That is the general going rate as a team bonus, correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not for everybody, but yes. There are certain teams, yes. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. If you're Cooper Webb and teams think you can win a 450 Supercross championship, you're going to get paid. But if you're anyone else who's even remotely on the fence of, will I succeed in that class? A half million dollars. So going into Vegas, Zach Osborne, Jordan Smith, and Joey Savace had a chance to make a half a million dollars. Last year, Mookie made a half a million dollars. Justin Hill made a half a million dollars. Shane McElrath was in the hunt to make a half a million dollars. When you hear that that's the potential 250 Supercross championship bonus, there is no incentive to move up. So if you're Marty, you never know. One of these years could be the year to make $500,000. Well, if you believe in yourself, you can make a lot more in 450s, but Marty doesn't. All Argu- right. Arguably, he should have already won that. The year he got hurt, he, that was his title. Weege, we, we, let's, let's direct the Southwick, please. Uh, Weege, we are on probation with Zach Osborne right now. What? Yes. Oh, God. Yes, we are. We are both on probation. He listened to the review pod. And oh, God. I talked last week's review pod, and I talked about, like, really – He's having that type of year. He's been the best guy. And then I made a comment about he's also getting some luck. And, and, and you know, as in Joey Savacci crashing a few times. And, look, he's been the best guy. We say that over and over. But Osborne wasn't having it. He also was like, uh, no, you said I've been lucky. 
I'm like, oh, God. I meant you're getting, you know, you're riding great, and then also you're getting everything kind of the breaks that guys need, you know, to win. But so, anyways. You mad at me too or no? Uh, he didn't mention you, but we're on yeah. probation. So, but uh, he did it again, man. He turned a poopy start in Moto 1 just – Fitness and speed, you know, he caught Alex Martin. Uh, he caught up to Ferrandez, couldn't make the pass, but he was just, just you know, solid, steady, fast, the whole moto, and, and ends up with a second. And so he, sal- you know, he doesn't salvage. He he turns potentially a bad moto into a great moto with a second. And the second moto gets a whole shot and takes off and wins in the rain. And, yep, uh, he now has uh, 40, 45 points now. So, yeah, it's quite a story, and uh, hopefully we we got our probation from him sometime. Yeah, look, I've been speaking with Zach every weekend now that he's changed. Now that he's winning races, he's become just as egotistical and conceited as the rest of the guys. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't. He's as serious as he's letting on with these accusations of being on probation. Because uh, for the most part, all we've done is heap praise on him. Uh, honestly, since Minneapolis. He didn't even win the first 250 race. But I think right then we were like, well, he was the fastest guy. And we pretty much stuck with that indoors and out for mm-hmm. yep. that's four months now. Uh, we've been heaping tons of praise on Zach. And, I mean, you look at this. This is this is the exact playbook how championships are won. Now, you know, anything can happen. He could tip in a corner and break a collarbone or something. But this is the prototypical way you win a title. He's minimizing the damage on the bad days. He's taking advantage of every opportunity that's in front of him. And the only way you do that is by being the fastest guy. He can turn a bad start into a good finish. And no one else in the class has been consistently able to do that the way he can. Even my beloved Amart, if he doesn't get the starts, he's not ripping through guys. He's good. You know what I mean? But he's not doing that. Uh, A few weeks ago, uh, well, we just go on and on about about the track, but at Muddy Creek. He didn't get it and couldn't couldn't do a whole lot with it, you know. Um, There's another race too. I'm trying to think now, one where he got six in the first moto or something. Um, didn't get the start, you know. So that's well, the Colorado race where he won a moto and yep. then yep. didn't win the other. And he said, "Well, it was just about the start." Yeah, Zach's the only guy fast enough to basically get to the front. If he starts up front, he's going to finish up front. If he mm-hmm. starts mid pack, he's going to finish near the front anyway. And I honestly feel like I know that. Everybody else has had a bad moto and bad luck, so maybe he's due to the bad one. But I think he's kind of making his own luck. He's He knows that he's going to get to the front, so he doesn't rush it. He doesn't put himself in bad positions. He doesn't take unnecessary risks. Uh, he doesn't ride over his head to make things happen. Uh, so I think there's a reason why he's avoided some of the mistakes that the other people have had. Because when you have that kind of confidence that i got 32 minutes or 35 minutes to to work this out, and it's going to work out, Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to uh, take chances, so he's kind of made his own luck. I feel. Uh, Ferrandis rode well, one two on the day. Um, tossed his goggles in the second moto in the pouring rain and everything else, and I was like, "Oh boy, tossing goggles at Southwick is not good." But uh, Dylan held strong and, and took that. Took a second. Uh, I wrote this week, though. I'm very proud of myself for this week on three on three. I said that the dark horses are Dylan Ferrandis and Dean Wilson because the French aren't known for being great sand riders, but I think that's all a relative term. They're not Jeffrey Hurling's great sand riders, right? Um, but they're still, they have to be decent at sand riders to be a front runner at GPs. That, that was sort of my reasoning. Yeah, like, because, you know, 
when you think think of Lomol and and Volkenswad, you never see oh Dylan Ferrandez just lays it down. But in my mind, Weed, you just had to be by default because Southwick isn't 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 even close to what those guys have. So that's kind of what I thought. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And and same thing with Marvin. You know, it's not like Marvin comes into Southwick as Joel Smets or something, but he's uh, obviously he won two world titles. He can't be atrociously bad at, on tracks that are gnarlier than that. So they just have they all generally, I would say, would have more experience. You could yeah. say racing yeah. on gnarly sand tracks than anyone in the United States in general. Um, Dylan Ferrandis, JT, good signing by Bobby Reagan and the Star Guys. Yeah, I think it's worked out. Yeah. Uh, I I mean, he's won motos. He's won two motos. Well, Dunlop would disagree with that, but uh, he has won two motos. Well, hi, what, are you, what are you talking about? They Well, they posted on their Instagram that he won his first ever oh. motocross moto. Oh, again. okay. Um, but he, uh, he's been good, man. You know, he was super gross. We, you know, or at least I was critical of him at times because he was really aggressive. You know, he made some questionable passes, but... I think he, uh, I think he's proven that he's got a solid future here. You know, I think he's got some bugs to work out as far as the consistency side because you, to win or be in the title hunt, you can't have weekends where you're basically like nine ten or something like that. You know, it's just giving away too many points. But uh, for a guy that kind of came in under the radar, I don't think he was, um, you know, Yamaha Star Racing's like guy. Yeah. As far as like he's gonna, he's our title guy. You know, he's he's been really good. So. To have a guy that's not your title contender or the guy you're pointing to to like you put everything on, which I kind of think was Plessinger this year in both series, to to get two moto wins at half, by halfway is pretty strong. I'm glad RJ Hampshire's bike didn't break. I'm, I, I I tweeted out, I picked him in fantasy, and I said it's just statistically impossible. Three out of the four motos coming in, and um, he was good, man. Leading in the first moto, threw it away, and uh, second moto was putting heat. On uh, on Amart and wasn't far off, sort of uh, Ferrandis and Osborne either. Like he uh, turned it around, man. Good job by RJ. He needs this. I like his, RJ Hampshire. His I, first, I like RJ. His, I'm going to come out and say that. His first moto, his first moto, he did a 212 when he was, you know, before he crashed. Yep. J Mart's best lap. So RJ's best lap is a 212. J Mart's best lap is a 216. Just to give you an idea how fast RJ was going mm-hmm. in the beginning. Yeah. Um. And I like RJ. Good for him. He needed it, especially after his bike okay. breaking. Your guy. Uh, Amart's my guy. And 3-3, three, three, that's what we do. Although, I kind of expected him to be a bit pissed off because he got past both motos, you know? But he was okay with his day. So he was he was pissed off at uh, at Redbud. He was mad about that. He's like, oh, I'm going to put more points on me. Got to stop him. Can't, can't let him keep putting points on me. And then after Southwick, he's like, yeah. I'm like, but Osborne passed you. He's like, yeah, yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> so. Anyways. But you look at if you look at Zacco's year, he's just, I mean, we we talked about why he's better. He's simply better. Yeah. Southwick, he went like 10-10 or something. Like, it wasn't good at all. You know? Yep. And he's written, he had written just as much sand, you know, going into last year. He has this year. He, mm-hmm. he had been, spent that time in the GPs last year, just like he did this year. You know, it wasn't anything other than he is just, simply so much better this year even with a bad start to come and go 2-1 where last year he was just floundering in the back with guys i watched both motos from 2016 last week and he was nothing like he was this year 
Where are we at, JT, with J-Mart signing with Geico? Uh, I think it's still been a success. I mean, he's got third in points. Third in points, three moto wins, one overall win. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, maybe not ideal. You know, it's not the picture-perfect outdoor scenario. I'm sure they had hopes of winning the title, which, hey, we're halfway, man. Anything can happen. We, We know that's how these things go. Um, one, you know, look at Baggett's thumb injury. I mean, things happen, right? So to have an overall win, to have three moto wins, to wed even more motos than that, arguably could have had two more moto wins that he kind of tossed away. You know, the, um, yeah, yeah. second moto at Glen Helen and second moto at Redbud. You know, we could be sitting here with, you know, basically three overalls and five moto wins very easily. So, I think it's been okay. When you when you compare it to Supercross, it's it's been an overwhelming success story. So I don't think it's been bad at all. Who wins Millville? J Mart or A Mart? Or does Zacco? Does Zacco top him? I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards one of the other somebody else. No, like Cooper did last year. No, no, Martin's gonna. I think Martin will win it, and we should make a bet on this. But what do you think, Weege? No, I, I wouldn't bet against them. I wouldn't bet against them. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on Martin. Because I think the difference was that Cooper Webb was salty enough to say, yeah, I got this penciled on my calendar, or even inked, that I want to beat both Martins at Millville. Yeah. I don't think Zach cares. I think he's just trying to win a title. And if that means they go 2-3 and let those guys have their day, uh, you know, if the win comes to him, he'll take it. Mm-hmm. But I don't think there's anything any special, i got to go out there and win this race and beat these dudes. I don't think that's Zach's way. He's just looking to not – Screw this up, not lose 40 points over the next couple of weekends. I uh, I asked, uh, J-Mart's been posted up at Millville for a couple of weeks now. Um, and I asked A-Mart, like, are you worried about this? Like, you, he's just, A-Mart's treating it like a normal race. You know, he's going in for press day. But other than that, he's flying out and J-Mart's been motoring down. And, and A-Mart just said, nope, not at all. I've got enough laps on there. I'm like, bold. It's bold, Cotton. Um, what else? Uh, Savachi had a good day they're a decent day i mean you know better than what it's been uh justin hill and forkner not so good ac crashed twice in moto one and then moto two uh didn't go so well then he ran he told me i was in it, talking to him and then he said i gotta go run over to bruce and apologize to him bruce sternstrom from cowie i'm like why yeah you should you probably should so um he was he did that it was funny um but pro circuit why? for his day for riding so shitty so, oh, did you, did you, could you talk to him about why he took out McElrath? I was wondering about the. the yeah, the, he said that you know going on there. Yeah, he said he really ran it in. So, um, we did you see AC with the guy with the Honda umbrella? You think there's anything there? Yeah, I don't know if that guy works for Honda or if he has any credibility uh, whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably a shady character, just like the person that gave JT. Uh, fantasy advice. Yeah, same guy. But, yeah, but, same, I, same. but I did see Adam Cianciarulo walking away, leaving the track, next to someone wearing a Honda HRC uh, umbrella. And it even had a Fox logo on it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so I know J.P. cringes at the thought, but he is a Fox rider currently. Yeah. So I don't know. I, don't, I didn't know that that person was associated with uh, Honda besides stealing their free lunch on most Supercross weekends. <laughs> right. Yeah, but, you uh, never know. Get the rumors going. You never know. So, um, you never know. It J- was a very large man, a very anti-establishment <laughs> man. 
Yep. Um, do we know why? Said, um, I'm just here for the motocross stuff. That's what his shirt said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I you know uh, why Forkner was in the hospital. Uh, no. Uh, I don't. Bad day for him. Yeah, and I'm Hilda. confused. Yeah. He had everything that could have happened to him happen in the first moto, and somehow it ended up in the hospital. I don't even. I can't even keep track of yeah. all the things. He lost his brakes, pulled into the pits. He crashed out the start. Mm-hmm. He lost his brakes, came into the pits, went back out, got lapped, and then after all that, did something to end up in the hospital. I don't even understand. Um, to clarify the AC thing, though, it was uh, it was pouring rain. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if people are gonna like. I don't know what they're gonna think, but well, I'm pissed off about your umbrella. So just start there. The, <laughs> it was pouring rain. And I'm like, how do I get? I was in a mechanics area. I'm like, how do I get back out of here without getting too wet? And none of these teams are going to give me a ride. In fact, they may try to run me over. And I looked over, and it was like God Himself showed me a light, and it was a broken Honda umbrella in the garbage. And uh, so half of it, half of it was droopy, was really droopy. And uh, so I um. I grabbed it, and I and that was my umbrella. I had a sweet umbrella. I left it in a rental car. But thank you, Honda, for letting me take the broken umbrella out of the garbage. It was great. Um, and then, yeah, and you were the man walking out of the track with it. Yeah, and then and I'm I, like, oh, my God. <laughs> AC has been seen talking to someone with the team Honda umbrella. And then, and then AC was, was tired. Of, he was fighting with Allen over line selection, and he was waiting for Allen to get some bar mounts to go, and then – I'm like, I'm out of here. And he's like, I'm getting a ride with you. Or can I get a ride? I'm like, yeah, whatever. And then so he jumped in the car. We rode back. We just talked about Blink, uh, Flying Saucers. Um, what else? A few other Found things. along. Yeah, we, we talked about a few things. So, um, But the, the – and then, of course, I, I walked up to an unnamed team with the broken umbrella. And the unnamed team said, hi, your umbrella is just like their bikes. And I went, oh. Oh. So – uh, after Ooh. after I same team that makes a braking motion. Um, no, no. Um, but it was also due to me saying, ah, look who gave me an umbrella. Number one, number one team. They gave me an umbrella. Look at these guys. They're so great because you know how I, I do it. So um, that that opened the door for for the comeback. So um, Colt Nichols fell in the first turn in the second moto and went all the way to tenth. He was the only guy further back was Resland. Who, by the way, I talked to, and he's you know he's better and happy. Now, Res, Luke made it up to 14th. That's a great ride. Colt made it up to 10th. Great ride. There was a lot of guys coming from way back. You know, Marv did. Uh, Adam did. In the first moto, AC was so far back, he ended up getting some points. And Colt Nichols did the second moto. Reslin did the second moto. Just one of those things at, at Southwick, JT, if you just don't quit, you know, other dudes will, and other dudes will crash, and bikes break and stuff, so. Yeah, they all yeah, I mean, some it, points. You know, I think uh, Weege and GL made some great comments with us. So they were talking about if uh, oh, you now, guys now, are going to guys. Now, or, now they made some great comments before they didn't know um, injuries. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but the thing about Southwick is, is it's much easier at Southwick to make up big gaps of time. Mm-hmm. So you go to a track like. I just pick a random track. You're not going to see huge gaps of, of Muddy Creek. Uh, Muddy difference. Creek. In- <laughs> Muddy Creek. Yeah. Your lap times are going to be close, right? So you're not going to see a five-second a lap difference in the pace. So for AC, who's got elite-level speed, the guy he's trying to catch in 15th, 20th, 25th, he's going to be 
huge gaps of time faster per lap. So he can make up three, four, five, six, seven seconds a lap. So a guy that's out of his even vision, that's 15 seconds in front of him, he can catch him in two laps, three laps, you know, at the pace he's going. So I think that's the difference why you can catch up so far at Southwick. Shout out to William Lofstrom for also helping me win fantasy. Great job, William, from Vernon, Connecticut. Yeah, lots, lots of research you put in on him. Great job, Billy. Um, Mitchell Harrison, Weege, he could actually be like a thing. Like, he's, he's good. Yeah, this is going to be interesting because it goes against the history of Bobby Regan's star racing team to give the guy a long runway to get things figured out. I mean, it's not like last year as a rookie was really anything to write home about. Mm-hmm. And this year has been, eh, for the most part. There's a few things here. So the question is, will the team be patient? Now, if he's on a different 250 team, there will be some others, I think. There's a PLD or guy, for example. I think this is enough to earn himself another year or so to see if he has it. Um, now, that probably should be the case here. So we're going to see if the new star racing that the one that wins races and titles and things uh, is a little more patient also. I feel like he's like right on that bubble now. It hasn't been spectacular besides the one motor at Redbud. It's not like eighth and ninth and seventh are, you know, in, incredibly great, but they're really good. So let's see. Let's see how he plays it. In the past, this would be grounds for firing. Um, uh, we'll see if they've changed. Move around a little bit. Your cell phone's cutting in and out. Um, JT... Um, one kid who's struggling is Bradley Taft right now. Uh, he missed the start of the year, came into Glen Helen, did pretty well, and uh, man, just not working out for Bradley Taft at the Cycle Trader guys. Like you were one of the guys that were you know pretty pretty excited about him to see what he could do, but it's it's a grind, and and Bradley Taft's finding that out right now. Yeah, it's weird. You know, you uh, we talked about this a little bit last week, but you rarely see a guy come in off an injury and even early than he wanted to. And do his best. And then as he gets stronger and fitter, he goes backwards. So I don't know if it's just a situation where Glen Helen was his best track or what, but whether it's in the moto or on the start or anything, he hasn't shown the ability to run up front like he did at Glen Helen since Glen Helen. So, yeah, I'm, I'm at a loss. I'm not, I'm not real sure what's going on there. Shout out to – I heard a new theory. Okay. A new theory on Yep. New theory. Courtesy of Mike Treadwell and – the 60-plus pros that race at Southwick every weekend. <laughs> okay. They're like, they're like, yeah, these times now, they race eight times a year. They haven't ever raced week in and week out every single week, burning themselves down, trying to recover by the next Saturday. So they don't know how to do it. Um, It's not a bad theory, and we, you've brought that up before. Or maybe it's from Treadwell. That's the original idea, but I heard that from you, you know. We talked about it a year ago. Uh, you're right. Yeah, the racing has gone down. These kids live at facilities now. They race five times a year, six times a year or whatever. So, um, Shout out to Joaquin Falden from Denmark, 31-31 on the day. Anyone know anything about Joaquin? I do. I watched him, and I've never seen someone putting less effort into a moto than he was. So um, wow. I don't know how much shout out I'm going to pass along. 31-31, though. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, go look at his lap times. And it's going to paint a clearer picture for you. <laughs> so Joaquin was just the the uh, the train that kept on motoring. Yeah, 
Right. He finished. Yes. That is all you need to know. Walter White? Walter White. It's awesome. Walter White. Heidelberg. Heidelberg. What the hell is the thing? Heisenberg? Heisenberg. Heisenberg. Heisenberg, yeah. Yeah. Heisenberg. Jerry. He had some blue. He had some hit. He had some blue material on his pits. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, Walter White. Unbelievable. Weez, did you get my photo of Mickey Kessler? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I never got a comment back, yeah. so I just wanted to. It was good. Yep. Uh, yeah, so service in, in the internet service was pretty spotty at the track. But I, I actually saw Mick the Quick, as we refer to him. <laughs> Mick the Quick. <laughs> Mick the Quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I saw it. So I'm briefly on Saturday morning, and I said, "Man, how many laps have you put in at this track?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "Honestly, I only raced the national." Isn't that weird? Yeah, that is weird because, like, Reslin's from Jersey, and he told me he rode Southwick all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Barsha, we we still claim Barsha was born in New Jersey, right? And um, he came up there a lot. So, right, confused. Make the quiz. Um, Jerry Robin was pushing his bike. Then people helped him start it. Then he went back out. Then he came back in. He's confused on one of Jerry Robbins' motos. Is he out? Is he in? He's back. There he is. He's out. I don't know. I couldn't figure it out. So Jerry Robbins did not have a great Southwick. Um, He was pretty fast in practice. He was up there in the top ten, actually, for a while. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the consistency has been the issue. Right. All right. Uh, anything else? Nice job by Chase Sexton. He's been in, a little inconsistent to start his pro career, but at Southwick 9-8, he told me a while ago he wanted to do motos, both motos in the top 10, and did it at Southwick. So nice job, Chase Sexton. I'm glad you bought up. I was going to close with, um, it wasn't the weekend J-Mart wanted. Yep. I feel like this. Well, your phone is. Your, think... your phone doesn't feel much like anything. It's cracking. All right, so I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I was just going to say, I feel like between Sexton and Hampshire, uh, there might be something brewing for Gaggle Honda. They've been pretty good. And I think they're both maybe one breakthrough moto away. Um, they've been good. RJ's been running up front since he came back, just bike issues for sure. So, um, But I don't think Sexton, I mean, he's basically been top 10 ish. And he's making his pro debut here. Like, I don't think that's bad. Like, he's had bad starts. He moves forward. Yeah. I see something in both of them here. Um, I, I like I like the way Sexton's progressing. I mean, he's steadily yeah. gotten better, yeah. better and better yeah. and better. He's in shape. He doesn't get tired. I, I'm very yeah. optimistic. I'm I'm uh, I'm bullish on Sexton. You're buying Sexton. Yeah. You're buying Sexton. I am. Yes. Yes. If I'm that crazy yeah. guy on uh, Mad Money or whatever, I'm going to smash something yeah. with a hammer. And I'm going to scream at the screen and tell you to buy uh, Jim uh, Kramer. Jim Kramer. Kramer. Yes, Jim Kramer. Yeah, I paid Michael Honda, and I saw Michael Rocco after the race, and he had a scowl. Oh. So I'm not sure. Hmm. I'm not sure what that means. Yeah, I don't know what that means either. That's odd. Very odd. Yeah, amazing. But I'd say right now you'd be like, this is good. This is good, these two starting the year injured, coming back midseason. I think this is about as good as you could expect, and I feel like good things are coming for both. All right, Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast, Southwick Review, Alpine Star Protects as well. I believe in Marty, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, this is so, so we're, we're off for a week, uh, and we'll be back after that, uh, after Millville. So, um, Weege and JT, thanks, boys. See ya. All right.
Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbeck is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Miguel was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? Right. They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home, and once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and-